0: purposes of civil liability, the torturer has become, like the pirate and slave trader before him, an enemy of all mankind. But we've also seen uh, challenges as
1: uh, two food crises, the biggest financial and economic crisis since the 1930s, and the WTO has remained solid
2: in the midst of this tempest. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the court, the Alien Tort Statute should not afford a cause of action to address the extraterritorial conduct of a foreign corporation. 751 Europeans have been elected to directly represent citizens from 28 different nations in all their diversities, with all their differences, with all their different outlooks on lives. But you all come together here.
0: And welcome to Nomos Phone. In today's episode, we are going to address a topic with great societal importance. Imagine you and your family plan to go on a family excursion, so you are taking the train on an average Saturday. You find yourself a nice place to sit in the busy train and while chatting, three police officers enter the train. They approach you and your family asking to identify yourselves. You hand the police officers your national passport. Then, the police officer goes through the ordeal to contact the police department to verify the IDs. After establishing that everything is in order, the police leaves the train without conducting any further identity checks on the other passengers in the train. Now, you are left with one question. Why were you the only one who was checked? This is exactly what happened to a German family with two children traveling from Mainz to Bonn in January 2014. Why was that family singled out? What makes them different? It's very simple, their skin color. This family was black, so a physiological feature that should not have any special importance was given some sort of meaning. What the police did in this situation is called racial profiling. Racial profiling can be defined as a method in which the physiological appearance, so the phenotypical or racial characteristics of a person, provide the basis for police actions such as identity checks. In this episode of Nomos Phone, we will take a closer look on racial profiling practices in German trains, their legal basis as well as their societal consequences. We will discuss whether or not potential racial profiling in German trains is a form of institutional racism and whether it arises out of the wide discretion that is given to the police officers based on the German Federal Police Act. To start from the beginning, in order to understand why this has become a problem, we have to look at the legally relevant Federal Police Act, Article 22, Paragraph 1a. This article describes the duty of German police officers to prevent unauthorized entries into the country, but it does not limit their discretion in doing so. So, this means that the article allows police officers to conduct suspicionless identity checks in German trains based on their duty to prevent illegal immigration. The article states, To prevent or eliminate unauthorized entry into the Federal Republic, The federal police can, in trains and in the field of railway facilities of the federal railways, unless it can be assumed on the basis of location knowledge or border police experience that they are used for unauthorized entry, stop each person briefly, ask and demand that carried identification papers or border crossing documents shall be returned to the test, and take objects carried in inspection. In theory... The discretion of the police is limited by Article 3, Paragraph 3 of the German Basic Law, which states, No person shall be favored or disfavored because of sex, parentage, race, language, homeland and origin, faith, or religious or political opinions. Looking at the Federal Police Act in light of Article 3 of the German Basic Law, the discretion of the police should be limited, and racial profiling should not be an issue. However, the problem arises when it comes to the practical implementation of the Federal Police Act. So, let's revisit the family scenario. What does this mean for them? Apparently, the police assumed that the family could potentially have entered the country illegally, which turned out to be a wrong assumption since the family members were German citizens. Does that mean that the police assumes that a black person cannot be a German citizen? Our family did not accept the police's conduct and went to court. This led to the judgments by, first, the Administrative Court in Koblenz and then the Higher Administrative Court in Rheinland-Pfalz, which found that the Federal Police need to take Article 3 of the German Basic Law into consideration when conducting identity checks. According to the court, Article 3 of the German Basic Law states clearly that no person shall be favoured or disfavored because of race. Therefore, identity checks based on phenotypic features such as the skin color are unlawful. We were curious to hear how the police reacted to these accusations. We decided to contact the lawyer Sven Adam in Göttingen, Germany, who is specialized in social law and defended the family in their two trials. The interview was recorded in German, so what you are going to hear now is a translation we asked him what the main arguments were that the federal police used to sustain their defense. It depends. Uh, In the
3: case of the higher administrative court, the police argued that all family members were black and occasionally spoke English. Hence, it could have been the case that the husband was not really the husband, but a human trafficker, and the mother could have been a single mom who was exposed to human trafficking, and therefore the policeman argued it was his duty to question the family. Additionally, the police usually come up with other statements uh, such as the person stared suspiciously out the window when the policeman passed or the person hid his face in his jacket. It seemed like the police just name any strategic reason and try not to state that the skin color was the reason. So the reasons for an identity check are just invented by basing them on the plaintiff's alleged behavior. This usually leads to a completely absurd rationale, but the police just try to state whatever because they obviously can't state say that the skin color of the plaintiff was the decisive factor for the identity check uh, because then they'd be quashed by the court again.
0: We would have liked to get a personal statement from the police regarding this issue. We contacted the police department in Koblenz that dealt with the case of the family. After communication back and forth, they referred us to the federal police headquarters in Potsdam. However, the police were not available for an interview, but we managed to get a written statement. We asked the police whether they can give us insight into the perception of the case involving our family, how the police implements Article 22 of Federal Police Act in practice, and what the potential impact is on the German society. The response that we received via email reads as the following. Federal Police Headquarters,
2: Potsdam, 28th October 2016. Subject, proper regulations of the federal police. Here, interview request for podcasts. Thank you for your request. Unfortunately, I have to tell you that we do not have capacity for an interview at the moment. However, I would like to answer your questions as follows. To prevent or eliminate unauthorized entry into the Federal Republic, the Federal Police can, in trains and in the field of railway facilities of the Federal Railways, unless it can be assumed on the basis of location knowledge or border police experience, that they are used for unauthorized entry, stop each person briefly, ask a demand that carried identification papers or border crossing documents shall be returned to the test and take objects carried in inspection.
0: For those paying close attention, you probably realise that the police spokesperson just quoted, word for word, Article 22, Paragraph 1A of the Federal Police Act that we mentioned earlier. Okay, but back to the email.
2: The underlying reasons for identity checks are based on concrete numbers, data and facts, and also tendencies and developments. Moreover, findings on traffic routes, migration routes, possible sites of crimes, time periods, age distribution and other findings in relation to crime are based on the assessment of the situation. In combination with the above-mentioned reasons, the appearance of a person, for example clothes, as well as articles in their possession, can be the motivating factor for police investigation. In the case of situation-dependent investigations related to Article 22, Paragraph 1a Federal Police Act, every person can be questioned who may provide relevant information on possible cases or about unauthorized entry. A situation-dependent investigation is not necessarily connected to the suspicion of a criminal offence.
0: Okay, let's pause here. What this means is that the police rely on the broad powers given to them in these situation-dependent instances. And by situation dependent, the police spokeswoman is referring to instances where the police can ask for IDs solely based on context, rather than based on any suspicion or anything the individuals are seen doing or possessing. Back to the last portion of the letter.
2: The judgment of the Higher Administrative Court in Koblenz confirms that Article 22, paragraph 1a of the Federal Police Act is compatible with the German Basic Law, International and European Law, and that situation-dependent perception and the experience of the Border Police are valid criteria for the selection of persons, as well as the general preventive effect of Article 22, paragraph 1a of the Federal Police Act. The legislative grounds which have led to the creation of these powers remain unchanged. They especially prevail given the considerable extent of illegal migration related to the migratory situation that has persisted since 2015 at the Schengen external borders and within the Schengen area. The situation-dependent exercise of this national authority standard is a necessary instrument to detect unauthorized entry into the federal, federal territory to prevent or prohibit it, as well as to combat human trafficking. Kind regards.
0: So, to summarise, the police state that Article 22, Paragraph 1a is lawful due to its compatibility with the German basic law, international and European law. The police spokesperson backs this up by stating that the police has the power of conducting identity checks on whoever they want, whenever they believe that it is called for, after a situation-dependent assessment. To be honest, the correspondence with the police was rather frustrating. Our questions were not answered. At the very least, they managed to talk around the topic, failing to address the actual issue. So, the actual case of our family was not addressed, neither was there any mention about personal characteristics or physiological features, let alone race. The email seems to lack substance, but actually, if you read in between the lines, it says a lot about the perspective of the police. Considering the statement of the police in combination with the relevant laws, so Article 22, interpreted in light of Article 3 of the German Basic Law, it is assumed that the exercise of racial profiling arises from the practical implementation of this law through the federal police officers. We asked lawyer Sven Adam, whom we mentioned before, for his opinion.
3: I think it's both. The legal framework fosters it. Article 22, paragraph 1a, as the normative framework for the identity checks, uh, results in a situation in which the police resort to racial profiling. But I have to say that I have to grant this to the federal police officers. If I'm on the hunt, uh, and I say this very provocatively on purpose... If I'm on the hunt for perceived illegal residents, of course I'm not looking for blonde, blue-eyed people. I'm looking for people who can be associated with a different cultural background. But these people are as German as we are, um, yet somehow fit the frame. Nevertheless, federal law enforcement officers assume that the majority of the society is white-skinned. The law which enables the federal police officers to do so, to be on the hunt for illegal residents, is exactly the problem in the first place because the officers would not do so if the law wouldn't enable it. At the same time, it's also a question of the police officers' education in relation to the German basic law. Namely, the question as to which criteria they are allowed or not allowed to check people's IDs. And I think that that is where the training instructors of the federal police have a problem. How can they convey to the federal police officers that they should not consider phenotypical factors, such as skin color, but at the same time that they have to hunt for illegal residents? That's indeed a problem. I think that it's a problem that, uh, that, that this is uh, to be solved as a society. We have to get rid of racism in our society and in the mind of police officers as well. Uh, or the lawmakers shall address the topic again and again until we realize one day that, that many people who come to our country and live with us are in enrichment.
0: To put this all into one sentence, we have established that the practice of racial profiling violates the German constitution. Article 22, Paragraph 1a of the Federal Police Act, interpreted in light of the Article 3, Paragraph 3 of the German Basic Law, is not necessarily in itself unconstitutional. However, the practical implementation of the Federal Police Act leads to racial profiling, which is indeed unlawful. When comparing this to the police's position, they argue that Article 22 is in conformity with the Constitution— Hence, all uses of the powers are constitutional. While Adam agrees that Article 22 is not directly in violation of the Constitution, he points out that it places duties and powers on the police that inevitably lead to unconstitutional practices. It should be expected that unlawful practices have legal consequences. However, the outcome of past judgments like in the case of the family that we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, were simply declaratory actions, which established that the practice of racial profiling is illegal, rather than paragraph 22 of the Federal Police Act itself. Nevertheless, these judgments did not lead to significant change in daily police practices, and hence, the police still have not had to face any significant consequences. However, the most recent judgment in 2016 concerning our previously named family gave hope for future racial profiling cases, as the judgment declared that unchangeable characteristics such as skin color can no longer be a supplementary criteria for allowing police officers to conduct identity checks. This means irrespective of whether or not it is the sole criteria or one of many this has important implications for the burden of proof. Sven Adam stated in an interview with FFM online that previous to this judgment, the victims of racial profiling had to prove that skin color was considered as the decisive criteria for an identity check, which was one of the greatest challenges in bringing such a case to court. This might offer an explanation as to why such few cases have been brought before the German court. However, in the recent judgement, the burden of proof was transferred to the Federal Police. They now have to prove that skin colour did not play any role. During our research, we discussed that racial profiling might have increased recently as more and more people become overly cautious and see racial profiling as a necessary evil due to past terror attacks or the current refugee debate. So. We were asking ourselves whether it would be possible to act in the interest of both parties. On the one side, we have a fearful society, which is worried and regards identity checks as necessary. And on the other side, there are discriminated individuals who are exposed to identity checks based only on their skin color. The lawyer Sven Adam has a clear opinion.
3: You can't prevent terror attacks through suspicionless identity checks and trains. The only way to prevent these events is through successful investigative police work, but not through suspicionless identity checks. The only alternative that I see uh, for people who are convinced that we need a higher degree of security is to conduct identity checks that involve each and every person in order to approach the issue with equality. This alternative would mean that you go into a train platform and you check every damn person on that platform. Every single person. Then it becomes evident that there is no differentiation between individuals based on their skin color or other racist patterns. Um, But everybody would be checked. Uh, But this is an alternative uh, that I would immediately reject as a lawyer specialized in civil rights. And I would like to see how the general German population would react to the question of how great it feels to be positioned as a potential offender. But that would be an alternative uh, where I would then say, ha ha, every German citizen will surely notice that this practice is exaggerated and that it cannot be used to find out whether or not a person is a terrorist. So you can basically just directly abolish that idea again. Uh, Hence, from my point of view, the German society can afford to refrain from suspicionless identity checks, despite an allegedly rising terror threat, and instead prevent these attacks through successful investigative police work.
0: Additionally, human rights and racial profiling expert Dr. Hendrik Kremer, who works at the German Institute for Human Rights, stated in one of his publications that statistically, the success rate of identity checks done by the police About 0.44% is vanishingly low. However, using these kinds of statistics is problematic as it's still not sure what this percentage actually entails. The police practices included in the study cannot be verified. Still, we are left with the doubt of the effectiveness and legitimacy of identity checks. We decided to fly to Berlin and interviewed Dr. Kremer in order to gain further insight about this issue. We also asked him whether he considers racial profiling unnecessary evil.
2: We are here in Berlin today and I'm standing just right in front of the German Institute for Human Rights and we are now walking in to interview Dr. Henrik Kremer.
1: No. As a matter of principle, I do not consider human rights violations a necessary evil. The constitutional state distinguishes itself as it holds on to fundamental principles even in times of a terror threat. Therefore, I do not consider it a necessary evil to violate human rights.
0: Dr. Kremer considers a different solution to the problem.
1: Um, also ich glaube, dass es Im Falle so, I believe that in case of Article 22, Paragraph 1a of the Federal Police Law, an expungement of the law is necessary. Because in this case, two components come together, which lead to the fact that the law is based on racial discrimination. This means, on the one side, that the police can conduct identity checks without any reason and completely without suspicion. And on the other side, it means that these checks occur as an immigration control. So when these two components come together in that form, on one side the police is required to be on the lookout for individuals who possibly have illegally entered the country, and on the other side the police is entitled to operate on a selective basis. Then it becomes obvious that they have to take phenotypical characteristics into consideration, as in reality there are no other substantial characteristics. This means that such a law, which is formulated and intended in such way, will lead to racial profiling. Where you this combination, the law has to always be abolished and expunged. Besides that, law and police training always belong together. The laws build the basis for the police training. What is obviously missing is a clear message for police officers during their training. Namely, what a prohibition of racial discrimination entails and what it concretely means for police work. This is where I see a demand and it should be more focused on in the police training.
0: What Dr. Kremer is essentially describing can be viewed as a bigger picture. He states that the law is framed to create a loophole which facilitates racial profiling. The law is embedded in the institutions of the police, which essentially points to institutionalized racism. This is how he draws his conclusion of abolishing Article 22, Paragraph 1A of the Federal Police Act. It seems difficult to find an efficient and long-lasting solution to the problem of racial profiling. However, it does not only have consequences for the individual persons who have become victims of such identity checks, but also society in general. Societal consequences include, for example, that racial profiling promotes already existing prejudices. When a foreign-looking person is the only individual on the train asked to identify himself, it can lead to the result that the environment perceives him as a potential offender, because it is considered a common belief that such identity checks cannot be conducted without suspicion. Dr. Hendrik Kremer also has a clear statement regarding this issue.
1: Yes, I think it's clear that such practices foster existing prejudices. You have to bring the situation to mind, which occurs in trains where people are checked without any reason or suspicion. It confirms prejudice in the sense that the people think, oh look, there again is someone who has a skeleton in his closet. That's what promotes prejudice in a society and it is especially severe as it is stimulated by the state and then think, generally speaking, the state cannot check individuals without reason. That means that the environment perceives this as an identity check of individuals based on the fact that they do not conform with the norm, and such practice enhances existing prejudice in a society.
0: Lawyer Sven Adam told us that the story of the family was very special to him personally, but also regarding the societal implications that it carries.
3: Racism in Germany is nothing new, Uh, but I can say that the case with the family was very emotional for me. They are very amazing people who feel at home in Germany, and they are German citizens. And it is very important for them. And this is what they wanted to know from the court, which is something they said multiple times during the hearings, Uh, namely, how should they raise their children? Should they raise their children believing they are a part of our society, knowing that they belong to the society just like everyone else? Or should they raise their children as people who are not wanted or tolerated here? or as a person who will continually be subjected to identity checks because they are suspected to have entered the country illegally. But this is very difficult when you want to offer your children an open-minded upbringing. I have to say that it emotionally moved me since I'm a father of three children and I kept asking myself how I want to treat my children and what I want to convey
0: to my children and in what kind of society they should grow up. What Sven Adam is describing is not a problem that is limited to Germany, but that can be found in every country in the world. Racial profiling related to illegal immigration is rooted in the assumption that with a different skin color than the norm, you are not a citizen to a given nation. What makes this rational absurd is the fact that such homogeneous societies are fictive. So, what does this mean for you and I? Well, we have to decide as citizens of our respective countries whether we want to be part of an open-minded nation that recognizes itself as a country of immigrants and tolerance and that likewise recognizes that foreign-looking people have lived in our country for years or even decades and are as much part of this society as we are. Hence, it must be clear that these individuals are not terrorists or illegal immigrants but that we share the same citizenship once we start accepting that we are such a country then there is no way around the decision that suspicionless identity checks should be abolished this episode of noma's phone was produced by selena holstein laura cashney zaza knerdler and valentine payner We would like to thank Sven Adam, Dr. Hendrik Kremer and the German Federal Police for their collaboration. We would also like to thank the Global Law Program at Tilburg Law School for supporting Nomosphone. Don't forget to look out for our next episode where we collaborate with Leiden University discussing their recent report on North Korean forced labor in the EU. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. Follow us on Facebook for our newest updates. Thank you for joining us and until next time.